0: Vibrations Podcast Part 27. Dr Rona Buchanan. Hi, I'm Gary Brightman and this is my bi-weekly podcast called Vibrations. Established in 2018, Vibe is a book and music shop situated in Moiwo on Lantau Island in Hong Kong. So what's been happening at the shop over the past weeks? Moiwo seems to have quietened down recently for a couple of reasons I think. Firstly, the summer is now here and the weather is less predictable and has recently been wet. Secondly, the schools are starting to break up for the summer holidays and expats, as they do every year, are heading back to their home countries for the summer. I do wonder how many will be coming back this year though. Today is a public holiday for the Dragon Boat Festival and that should bring local families over to Lantau to visit their elderly parents and relatives. Tayo has its usual annual gathering, festivities and parade. We've now cleared out a lot of stock for free as part of the ongoing Vibe Version 2 reboot. We've expanded our stock concession with Shirley Johnson's Lantau Wren and now sell a wider range of her products including tote bags, hand, face and beach towels, cufflinks, umbrellas, mugs, t-shirts and much much more. A reminder that we sell all four areas of Hong Kong government printed hiking maps. We now sell a wider range of greetings cards, cards for every occasion, including humorous, as well as Sally Bunker's botanical painting's blank cards. We have many types of wrapping paper in stock also, so finally you don't need to necessarily leave Lantau to find some gifts. The Vibe version 2.0 reboot is far from over yet though and we still have some surprises in store for you. So keep listening to our podcasts and don't forget to subscribe to us on social media for good reasons. Our past few podcasts have deviated slightly from Lantau businesses and people, which is my original focus for interviews. So the next few interviews see me getting back on track with local vet Dr. Rona Buchanan and gym owner Tony Gormley. Both Scottish by the way. There's another theme. Dr. Rona Buchanan Has a wealth of experience since qualifying as a vet many years ago. She worked for four years with PDSA, a UK animal-based charity caring for the health of all domestic pets of those with low income, a further four years as a self-employed locum working the length and breadth of the UK. Many of the practices she covered were one vet clinics, where she ended up covering for the owners on a repeat basis. Four years as a veterinary director for cats Protection, a UK animal charity where she was heavily involved in supervising the welfare and care of all the cats rescued by the charity. She liaised with the veterinary clinics providing treatment and also with UK universities ensuring the cats in her practices were receiving the best and most modern standard of veterinary care. Over the last 14 years, as part of her managerial roles, she has been proactively involved in coaching and mentoring young vets both in UK and in Hong Kong. Given there was no provision for a veterinary service on Peng Chau, Dr Rona has now launched Peng Chau Veterinary Home Visit Service, aiming to service the area of Peng Chau and the outer islands. She can only provide a home visit service and is therefore limited to the services that she can provide. However, when it's clear that any pet requires more attention than she can provide, e.g. radiology, surgery or hospitalisation, she has an excellent working relationship with many vet hospitals on Lantau and Hong Kong Island and can arrange a referral. She therefore offers a basic diagnosis and treatment of most conditions and of course preventative healthcare, vaccinations, flea, tick and worm control. She can also assist owners looking to leave Hong Kong She is able to source and supply most medications and food supplements, given 48 hours' notice. So, welcome to Vibe, Rona.
1: Thank you very much, Gary.
0: So, as we do, we're going to start off with 10 questions. Do you have a favourite book or author?
1: Favourite author and a series of books, Mm. uh, Diana Gabaldon, and the series is called Outlander the ninth book in the series is about to be published uh it comes out in november and i'm hoping you're going to stock it because i'll be rushing in here to buy a copy and it, it's the, the last the latest one is go tell the bees okay i have gone weird how i found these books it was i'm going back 30 years and i was at a, a, a car boot sale okay and i spotted this cover and i looked at the synopsis at the back and i thought oh that sounds quite interesting yes and then i was hooked
0: Wow, it's and, nice when you find an author like that, isn't it? I think.
1: And again, there's so much. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spoil it for people, but it's. It involves time travel. It involves. A lot of Scottish history, very accurately oh, done. She's done okay. her research so well. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I always say it's the almost opposite of the Highlander movie,
0: okay which was absolutely
1: yeah. ghastly. The history in that was just <laughs> diabolical. But it has now been also turned into a TV series, Amazon right. Prime. Um, and they did it very well, and Diana yeah. was actually involved in the oh. casting and, okay. this, and, and everything about it yes. costumes are superb so if there's any exiled Scots out there that haven't watched it do you will get homesick though
0: and moving on to your favourite musical artist
1: depends on my mood I, this is where I've I reckon I've got a triple personality. I was okay. born on the cusp of cancer and Gemini, and there's all sorts of bits to me. Right. When I'm sort of feeling a little bit sentimental for home, it's a band called Runrig.
0: Okay. Yeah, I've heard of Runrig. Yeah.
1: Uh, that takes Scottish folk music to a different level but yeah. and, and incorporate rock. And they're unfortunately they're now disbanded. So I love them. Um, okay. When I was a student, I was into prog rock. Okay. Um, I listened to Yes. Oh right, Brilliant. a lot. They were my probably the they were the band that helped me get through university. Right, yes. They were my background music. Yes. But I'm also into the classics. Um, yeah. And I I I lived for a while with a, a professional musician, and he introduced me to jazz. Okay. But, right. Um, almost the real abstract jazz.
0: Wow! <laughs> um,
1: yeah, uh, I had to be a little bit tipsy before I could really relax and enjoy <laughs>
0: yes. it. Preferred drink?
1: Oh, again, I can maybe sort of say again. It depends on my mood um, yep. and the company as well. But anything from a good quality gin and tonic through to
0: yeah.
1: uh, a decent malt whiskey, um, and sometimes I will enjoy a pint of Murphy's or a Guinness. Do you have a life motto? I think my key one that I always wake up to is treat others as you would want to be treated yourself yeah one of rabbi burns poems to a louse yes God gives the grace to see others see ourselves as others see us
0: see it yes do you have a favorite Hong Kong war
1: oh, it's got to be anything around Peng Chow
0: tell us a little bit more about Peng Chow then
1: well right let's how why did I end up in Peng Chow we'll come back to how I got to Hong Kong But yes. how I got to Peng Chow was when I was offered a job here I I I did a five day interview over here, and I was shown Discovery Bay. I was shown Kennedy Town. Okay. I was shown Pope Phillip, and I thought, oh, no, 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 this is <laughs> not me. So when I actually so once I signed the contract, I had six yeah. weeks. So I got online and I right. researched and I researched and I researched. I liked the look of Sai Kong. Yes. Yes. But yes. I could see that the commute was unrealistic. It's a bit remote. Yeah. So I uh, to, yeah I landed on the Friday to start on the Monday. On the Monday. Yeah. And I hopped on a ferry to Peng Chau on the Saturday, really to see if it was feasible. Yes. Now, the job that I first came to Hong Kong for was in Siang Pun.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: So it wasn't a problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, perfect. And yeah. the
1: apartment I've got is about three minutes from the pier. Wow. So my commute yeah, into that town it's nice was about sport. 35 minutes. And mm. I, literally I I got pointed in the direction of the local ironmongery lady who's also the yeah it was the agent for Paloma Bay, and she took yeah. me and I got managed to get my hands on the last yeah. upper story flat Ooh. with a sea view. Oh nice. And I'm looking straight across.
0: Yeah, over to this direction towards D B Well to direction. the Trappist Monastery. And to Trappist Monastery, brilliant.
1: Yeah. You know Love and view. you know I've got that sunset every now. Yes. And then I, you know, I just wandered around Peng Chow and oh, it's, it has changed a bit in the last four years. You know, when I arrived, it was very, very local. Yeah. Um, it was all local restaurants. There was uh, a couple of Thai restaurants, still one. And there yeah. was uh, a bar I had just opened called the Old China Hand. Okay. Um, unfortunately, it's closed at the moment because of the COVID restrictions but I got talking to the barman there and I just I just fell in love with the place but moving on how has it evolved in the I see a lot of changes accelerating with Covid but starting with the troubles where people were escaping Hong Kong, main Hong Kong yes and thinking where can we go for the day that will be safe yeah and it started that way and they were coming to Peng Chau. then of course with Covid and nobody being able to travel yeah and the beaches being closed yes We were invaded.
0: Wow, yeah.
1: And so it has, there's been one, there's a couple of places that have opened up recently. One is a gorgeous little cafe, uh, the Island Grocer Table. It's a couple of local girls. It's not open on a Monday and Tuesday. It closes about seven o'clock at night, but it's become a little village hub again. Brilliant. Um, And then the other thing is a guy that's uh, set up a tennis training facility called Second Serve. Okay. So he's actually got this sort of, I can't describe it, but it's a really clever system for teaching tennis indoors. Yeah. And he's <laughs> yeah. assigned part of the yeah. building to um, a couple of Filipino girls. I've okay. have have got a little cafe running there. Yeah. And it's it's lovely too. So Peng Chow has sort of modernised a little bit.
0: Do you have, this is quite topical now, favourite Hong Kong restaurant?
1: Actually, I do. Now, this is going to seem strange because I used to think I was mm. an obligate carnivore.
0: Okay. But yeah. it's
1: actually Hemingway's. Oh yes, in DB. And DB. <laughs> yes. And I would never have believed that vegan food could be ah, as they produce it. That's you know, interesting. The, their pizzas are delicious. They they yeah. managed to produce the equivalent of cheese. Right. Right. And they use jackfruit for meat. And honestly, okay. I I I could have been taken in there and yes. not shown the menu and people yeah. put food down in front of me and not think it was vegetarian, or vegan even.
0: Walking up to the peak and faced with a python what would you do?
1: Oh that's an interesting one and yeah we can have an aside to it. I would just, first of all I would just stand still and admire it and hope it would slither off, yeah. but it, uh, you know it does lead me into an experience that I had once. I was opening a brand new veterinary clinic for one of the corporates that I worked for and we invited uh, people that did rescue of exotic species um, and okay. one of the animals that they had rescued was called Valentino. And Valentino mm. was about 12 foot long and was a boa constrictor.
0: Wow. <laughs> and okay. I just
1: couldn't resist. I had to yeah. pick him up. I, in fact, I, <laughs> so I ended up with him draped around my neck. And then one of Let's the real, real characters <laughs> of the place that I lived in the time called Dr- Drumfield, a guy called Howard Copley, he's oh, a real character, Yeah, uh, a bit of a music critic, actually he he dared me and he pointed to the co-op that was next door and said do you see that sign it says no dogs allowed it doesn't mention snakes <laughs> brilliant the inevitable happened yes but actually the people in the shop thought it was hilarious too really yeah got away with it so,
0: away. You, so you actually went in with the snake a boa around a my constrictor ne- around your neck. neck yep did anybody Come out screaming! <laughs> not
1: really, not yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, I, I, I would have. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, he was. I had him fairly well under control. He was yeah. an adorable beast. He really was. Yeah, wow. he'd been rescued from people that didn't fully appreciate the size he was going get, to get to. Yeah. And the Twelve family foot. that were uh, that had him, they literally had turned their very large garden into yeah. a complete reservation for these rescued animals. They had raccoons. Mm. They had meerkats. They had everything.
0: <laughs> What's the best advice you were ever given?
1: professional advice from my lecturers, I would have to say, it was them pointing out that I had two eyes two ears and two hands for a damn good reason and it was also never, to try and Look at the broader picture of what is going on with animals, yes, rather than rushing in. Uh, You know, when I think back to me when I was 30, I would have sacked myself, god knows how many times. (laughs) You know, I used to get up on soap boxes and just, oh dear, I can remember once when I was in the (laughs) civil service, somebody tapping me and saying, Rona, stop rocking the boat, they'll throw you out of it.
0: Wind it in, wind it in, wind your neck. Finish this sentence I live in Hong Kong because.
1: I was bored in the UK, I decided it was time to look for a challenge and I was actually a bit tiddly in the way when it happened, literally what happened was I, I was working for this what was a massively successful uh, veterinary corporate now, I had started with them when they were tiny right? and to an extent I was the builder and the architect of what uh. they then developed to be and I, I, I suddenly realised that the fun had gone out of it, instead of yeah. being a builder and an architect I'd become a maintenance manager. Yeah, and I, I wasn't waking up on a Monday morning looking forward to getting in my car and driving off. Yeah. So on New Year's Day, I opened up the veterinary record, which is the main sort yeah of, uh, where to find jobs, and there was this job advertised in Hong Kong. Really,
0: that's interesting. And it
1: was it was for what was at that time. Well, I think it probably still is the biggest veterinary group in yeah. Hong Kong, uh, which will remain nameless. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they they had clinics in China and clinics in Hong Kong and one in Singapore, but I wasn't going to be involved with anything other than the Hong Kong ones yes and I I was you know the main part of my interview was with the investors and they'd they really wanted somebody with my level of experience to go in mm. and sort of try and steer things in a certain direction so but I fell in love with Hong Kong yeah so I then I, I then moved on and did a six month stint with one of the charities. Yeah. That was interesting, and I, I gained a lot from it about animal welfare in Hong Kong.
0: Yeah, and this was four years ago, this was kind yeah, well, I was with the 2015? Yeah, yeah, it was 27, 2017 when I yeah. landed.
1: Yeah. I was with the first group for about 18 months, then I was with um, the charity for about six months. Mm. Then I I've set myself up as an independent consultant um, and helped a small, uh, some local investors set up a clinic in okay. Kennedy town. Um, did that for six months. Then I worked with a group in Singapore remotely because COVID had kicked in. But during all of this, I was being sort of uh, being approached by people on Pinterest and We haven't got a vet. We haven't got a vet. I no. also did some locum yeah. work, and I, I w- I'm happy to mention the name of this group for Creature Comforts, who do home oh, visits. Yes,
0: I've heard of them. Yeah.
1: And they do it so well. So I almost yeah cut my teeth and what wo- you know, what looked like a good home yeah. visit service with them, but they okay. don't cover the outer islands. Do you have a favourite
0: area of Hong Kong?
1: <laughs> I think you've got that one. Yes, you? I
0: think I have, yeah, yeah. yeah. It,
1: is. it has to be Peng, Peng
0: Chau. It yeah. It's home. Okay, so we heard earlier on about 2017, you answer an ad, you come to Hong Kong, and then you start working here. Since then, what, what, how has things developed?
1: Well, I've gone very much from the business aspect yes. to the clinical aspect. Yeah. But I still keep my business brain on.
0: Right. Okay. Um,
1: and I, you know, I'm 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 always available for anybody. To be honest, in any service industry. Okay. To give advice, but what I think I I realised was that there was not only was there a business niche. Yeah. For what I'm doing now, yeah. there was also a need.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And I think it was probably the need that drove me more than it's interesting. the niche. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people will say to me, Well, why don't you have your own clinic? Well that would be a seriously major financial commitment and potential yeah. milestone.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And as long as I prepared to accept the limitations of what I can offer people. Yeah. So that to an extent I'm I, I will at times just triage and say, Look, I can't yeah. help you, you must go to Another clinic. Yeah. The other thing, of course, I'm on my own, so yeah. I can't be available twenty four hours.
0: Yes. And this yeah. is something
1: I, 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 anybody listening to this and think, oh, I want her to be my vet. Please be considerate of this fact. Yeah. I will yeah. help whenever I possibly can. Yeah. But I can't be all things to all people.
0: And I see your, you know, your hours you keep on your card. They're eight until six p.m. You know, outside of that.
1: Yeah. I. Roughly. I roughly, I, roughly, I do yeah. have to see that. I I I kind of screen my WhatsApps.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And if I see something that is obviously an animal in distress, yeah, I won't get you know if it's something very very close to me and round the corner, and that has happened on the odd occasion, I will go and help. Yeah. But if it's if it's not feasible for me to get to that animal, I will pick up and I will say to people, look. It sounds as if your cat, a good example, has got a block bladder. This can yeah. be very serious, and no, this must not wait until the morning. Yes, you yeah. need to find a way.
0: So at least you give people some so, pointers and advice mm-hmm. in the you right know, Even
1: then, I can't always guarantee that I will pick yeah. up because obviously, if I'm out at dinner party, phone switched off. Yeah. But whenever possible, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a vet and I do care about the animals. Yeah, yeah. So I will do my best to offer advice but yeah. I can't be I can't be available as you things.
0: say there's only one Rona you know yeah. you, you can't do yeah. I mean our good friends you know um, Tails, Eslyn oh and fabulous crew, I do work for know. them yeah yeah, yeah. And, and of I, course
1: the wonderful Ocker.
0: yeah and Orca as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: well Ocker, I actually do, I have a, a regular stint mm. in uh, Moywo every Wednesday yeah Ocker gets the first slot so I can okay, vaccinate cool. all her dogs yeah.
0: um,
1: and then you know, depend. I, I, I can usually do two or three other private visits yeah. at the same time, you yeah. know, on the same day. Um, Esalen, she yeah. fosters quite a lot of animals over in Discovery Bay and I will yes. see them there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I also work with Paws Foundation that are based in town, but they do a lot of fostering in DB as well.
0: Yeah. So
1: I literally do a lot of work with all of them, giving yeah. them a pretty healthy discount on my fees. <laughs> but I, what I'm really impressed with, and I... I, I I really want to labour this point because yeah. these charities were, were all seem to pull together and cooperate with each other, and yeah. this was something that when I previously worked for a charity, I wasn't so aware of. there yeah. seemed to be rivalries. Right, we need to grab all the all the donations, and they. Mm. Yeah. But these guys. You know, I just cannot believe how how closely they work together. Yeah, yeah. And there's no rivalry and jealousy between them.
0: Yeah, that's you, good. You know, yeah. um,
1: Oka, uh, 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 Oka prefers dogs. Esalen prefers cats. Yes,
0: true. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, you know, yeah. uh, but occasionally uh, Esalen will have a dog that she's struggling with and Oka yeah. will will help out by taking it to the kennels yes. and getting Sarah, the behaviourist yes. that they, they all use to help so it, it's almost it's almost like a team of teams, which yeah, is fabulous
0: it is fabulous isn't it, it's good to see and it's good to, that there isn't any of that rivalry, the right thing is happening for the dog and cat population. if I could
1: have done one thing in Hong Kong, I would have liked to have replicate what happened in the UK around about the time that I was involved in charities and there was an organisation set up Called the Association of Dog and Cat Homes. Okay. And what then? What happened there was that the big boys, like the SPCA, Cats Protection, yeah. Blue Cross, encouraged the smaller groups to join yeah. up, and 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 then offer them advice and guidance. But sometimes they found okay. that these smaller groups had some excellent ideas.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And
1: and 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 they learned as well. Yeah. Um, there's one one group in the UK at the moment that I'm absolutely fascinated by called. Uh, rescue for dogs and they are doing non kennel situation the dogs uh, they have a huge amount of ground which obviously we can't do in hong kong yeah and the dogs are split into compatible groups and they're allowed to sort of basically the dogs are the therapists
0: wow yeah yeah and
1: and, and, you know i'd recommend anybody interested in 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 animal welfare yeah what they're really doing is they're treating dogs as dogs should be
0: yes yeah um, well that's what I you know I, I you may cringe here but I, I always like to watch Cesar Milano and she did cringe by the way <laughs> but what what, what was always came across with that is that he was basically training the owners he, he wasn't mm. necessarily dealing with a dog or a bad dog or a bad cat it was more the behaviors of the owners not doing the right absolutely.
1: thing. absolutely you know and totally yeah there are very few bad dogs in this world
0: yeah they're not necessarily born bad. bad yeah and
1: you know and we as humans do have a tend tendency to anthropomorphize with our dogs yeah and our cats yeah and also to some cat owners think that dog cats are small dogs they're not they all have very <laughs> different needs yeah yeah very different yeah. needs and quite often Especially with cats, I will often see that some of the health issues mm. are a result of stress factors coming from the environment that the cat is in. And trying to persuade owners to adjust the way that they see yeah. a cat.
0: Oh, haven't you? That's yes. a totally different. Yeah. But it, yeah. you know, it,
1: it is. I, I, when mm. I was with Cats Protection, which is part of my background, um, I worked with one of the top animal behaviourists at that time girl called Rachel Casey and I learned so much from her about this okay. aspect of the environment of an animal
0: yes impacting
1: yeah. on its health and to an extent moving through and going back to what I'm doing now so often by doing yeah. a house call I can achieve a lot more seeing the animal in an artificial environment in the clinic uh, you know I can often get them to be be relaxed I can also see how they're interacting with the owner yes Uh, I can see a lot of things
0: how things are set up how they can move around what they're allowed to do etc yeah
1: and you know more often than not 90% of the time the animals will be more relaxed with me yeah the only odd one difference to that is the biggest issue vets have when dealing with animals is fear aggression now with some animals they completely freeze yeah. with fear aggression in the consult room these are the ones that when you yeah. see them at home i've got enough self-confidence in a territorial yeah and they'll say you're not getting near me
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and i
1: have faced that with one or two two cases yeah here. yeah uh, cats in particular can be quite tricky
0: you were trained as a vet To deal with any animals, all vets. Well, all vets vets in the
1: UK are trained. It's ridiculous. You might plan never to be yeah anything other than a small animal vet, or you might plan to never be anything other than a a farm vet. But you have to do the whole curriculum, right? Which puts a lot of pressure on the curriculum. Yeah, it's a tough old course. Yes, and there is a lot of arguments within the veterinary profession that there should be the opportunity to. Diversity yeah. to diverge, yes, uh, and, and take the pressure off
0: because it's a, what a five year, seven year,
1: uh, most college uh, vet schools are five years yeah um, there are the odd ones where it's seven and they also do a sandwich yeah. course Cambridge is the classic they yeah. thought uh, they had the theory probably quite rightly that you could bring out a, a more rounded personality if they did yeah. a further degree in something completely different whilst at university
0: do you have a favorite sort of animal you, you were saying Eslin's cats and Ocker's dogs <sighs> yeah what's what's Rona
1: I have to say, it's probably the dog that I first rescued when I came to Hong Kong. Um, She's just a little street dog. And Lucy is the most intelligent creature I have ever come across. She considers herself my bodyguard. (laughs) She's also the most amazing judgment of character. The quicker Lucy accepts somebody and allows them to stroke her, the more confidence I have that that's somebody that I should get to know. She's quite a character. Um, I also love horses. That should come out as well, but I can't afford to to get on them. It's one of the things I miss from Scotland is just being able to get get on a horse and just head for the hills. Uh,
0: What was your earlier life like and why did you go into being a vet?
1: Right, if we go right back, uh, I was born in Aberdeenshire but quickly moved to Perthshire to a very agricultural area. A very... Quickly realized that I had an affinity mm. to animals. Also, my mother's yeah. background and my grandfather's background and my great grandfather's background. My mother was a riding instructor just before the war. My grandfather uh, had a, a uh, had a ranch in Rhodesia post Boer War, and he bred horses. Yeah. yeah. And going right back, um, my grandparents originated from the island of Lewis, and they wow. uh, and his father was the only farrier and horsebreaker on the island of Lewis. <laughs> so that, you know, there was a strong G there. Yes, yes. On the other side, my father was probably one of the original dropout bank managers, stroke, financers, and he became a youth <laughs> hostel warden. Right. He had quite a shrewd yeah. business brain on him. I suppose I was very, very fortunate. I lived in the, a youth hostel in the midst of nowhere. Yeah. Didn't have the opportunity to travel, but to an extent, I didn't need to because the world came to us. In the winter, I was able to ski. Yeah, in, in in a place Brilliant. called Glen Shee, oh. and in the summer, um I was riding horses. You know, I would come back from yeah. school, grab my dog at the time it was a, a, a Jack Russell, and I just head for the hills. Jack you know, yeah, yeah. my my part was hundreds of thousands of acres. Yeah, I could just free roaming. So, so I was a complete tomboy.
0: Yeah, yeah, complete yeah, complete
1: tomboy. <laughs> and yeah, I suppose I can remember at one stage. You know, sort of, I I did actually think about becoming an architect because I wasn't sure that mm. I would cope with the emotional trauma of having to euthanize animals. Yes. And I did that get over must that. Must be tough. I, I went back to it. You know, I just, it, it was always in me that I wanted mm. to work with animals. Um, also, my you know I, I've, my mother said, after, at one point I was going to pack up, and my mother pointed out to me that if I wanted to follow her steps, mm. I would always end up working with other people's horses and never owning my own.
0: True, Yeah. Yeah.
1: now at one point when yeah. I lived in Northern Ireland I got a bit carried away and <laughs> I had five of my own <laughs> yeah it was in my genes I went to Glasgow Vet School managed to plough my way through that within the five years uh, wanted to work with horses but I quickly realised that horses are wonderful but sometimes their owners are not so wonderful okay um, the glasgow course was a bit weak on horses so i then moved to Ed, uh, edinburgh vet school as a, mm. a, an intern in the equine department did a yeah. year there then i went into farm practice then i ended up in the civil service in northern ireland and discovered i wasn't very good at being civil or being a servant that's another story <laughs> uh, northern ireland was i love northern Ireland. Uh, yeah, um, my son was beautiful. born over there
0: oh okay yeah
1: uh, so he was born in ballymoney wow. i remember my husband saying to me when he came to the because i didn't want him there when i was actually Popping the the child out. He said to me, I've worked it out on the way here. Um, You're Scottish, so you can play for Scotland. (laughs) I'm English so you can play for England. He's been born in Ireland so he can play for Ireland and I wouldn't want him to play for Wales anyway. Sorry to all Welsh people.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: And he wasn't talking about football.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Brilliant.
1: So, yeah, so then... Yeah, he
0: had options. (laughs) Yeah, then I, you
1: know, then I decided, I can remember, you know, this is probably quite interesting as well. Mm. Uh, You know, I was still working in farm work and I can remember one morning, one o'clock in the morning, having had to take an oversized calf out of a heifer that shouldn't have been bred to the bull it was and being livid with the farmer and then even more livid with him and he says ah you'll need to wash your hands lass and he produced <laughs> this bucket of water that had about an inch of ice on the top and that was the best he could do
0: oh my god
1: and i thought i've had enough of this yeah so at that point i didn't feel as if my ex I, I i i needed more practical experience in small animal so i joined a group called the People's dispensary for sick animals. Okay. I worked for them for four years, um, and that was a real baptism of fire because so so busy. You know, we would, you know, we, uh, when I look at the the work rate of of vets in Hong Kong, and they think they're busy if they see half a dozen people a day, we were seeing thirty people in morning consults. Wow. And going into theatre and thinking, oh gosh, there's only twelve on the board. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it, it was. So I worked for them. Then I I ended up. Setting up as a a sort a, a locum vet, travelling the length and breadth yeah. of the UK, um, and specialising in one man bands and covering those. Okay. However, I'd also had an injury to my neck, partly from my horse riding activities and partly because I had a rear end shunt and I did have a, yeah. I, I had two, yeah. uh, neck, uh, discs that prolapsed. So I am I can justifiably be called a bit of a cow. So I've got a cervical arthrodesis doesn't affect me much yeah. but Where it did affect me was in the theatre Yeah. so if you're bending over my fingers would go numb. Then one day I saw this advert for regional director required for a corporate and this was a group called CVS UK Limited and I joined right. them and yeah. I was with them for eight years yeah. and it was a rocky road Yeah. but it yeah. led me to then working with the other group IVC Evidentia, yeah. the one that I've mentioned And I have to, and I'm going to mention a name here. And if if sometime he he actually listens to this, thank you, David Hillier. He (laughs) was the CEO and just the most astonishing boss I have ever had. Um, Right. It was interesting. One of his Bibles was a book called a business management book called Good to Great. Right. Which is a fascinating book for anybody in business. It 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 was almost an analysis of uh, American corporates mm. uh, and looking at them within a 10-year span and the ones that had been good okay, and how they evolved and some went on yeah. to be great yeah. and others disappeared.
0: right. And what this book what did is that? that they
1: looked at the reasons as to what made yeah. the great ones succeed. David really applied a lot of yeah. the learnings in that book. Okay. So it's a book I would recommend to anybody yeah. in business, I was with them for 8 years, I can remember it wasn't so much an interview I was headhunted and I, can, I was visualising this today, we, I met up for coffee with David Hillier and one of the founding vets and it was such an informal conversation and I can remember them saying to me, Rona we're interested in learning from you not what CVS is doing right but what yeah. are they doing that is wrong and how can we avoid it There's a lot I can say about that. But the biggest thing that I said to them was, don't uh, respect your ex-owners, especially those that have got successful clinics.
0: Yeah.
1: And succession plan. Succession planning, succession planning was key. Yeah. So it was a case of those ex-owners, you're going to want to move them up into middle management. Yeah. But then if they move up, you've then got to look within the the clinics as to who's going to step into their shoes. Yes. Yeah. You need another leader. It might be another vet. Yeah. It might be the it might be a Yeah, don't always assume that your highest earning vet is going yep. to be your best leader. Quite opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we then took a stage further because these yeah. four five-year ex- experienced vets were going up to the clinical director role and leaving. A vacuum.
0: Yeah, a void. And so and this is a thing that
1: I'm really proud of. I then we then suggested that we set up something called a new graduate training academy because the most difficult years of a vet's life are probably yeah. the first two and if they get the wrong job, right, it's catastrophic to the extent it can be tragic. At best, we'll leave the profession yeah. and sometimes take it a stage further. The
0: total waste. Uh, yeah, and you know, the to the, the, the yeah. incident
1: of suicide within mm-hmm. the veterinary profession Mm. is deemed to be the highest of any profession and a lot you know and I I would beg any any pet owner take this on board Mm. when you feel as being critical of your own your vets or a vet that you have seen on social media yeah please do not do it
0: all right so there you are you're passed you then apply for a job you come to Hong Kong 2017 and here you are in your dream place Peng Chow mm-hmm. and now you're self-employed working uh, the daytimes. how do you get work at the moment is it largely referrals? oh do you it's so advertise? much now when I yeah. started
1: uh, you know I started with a, a core of friends yeah I'd, I worked pretty hard on Facebook my web page at the moment which is apparently is, is, is down for numerous reasons okay. I did a little bit of work on that I did quite a bit on Facebook and I you know I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd learned about marketing yeah in my business life but it's more and more now just personal recommendation. It's snowballing. Yes. Yeah. And I, yeah. I what I am hearing is that people are mentioning me on forums. Okay. Yeah. So it, 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 it's it's word of mouth. Yeah. Which is of course the most powerful marketing tool. Oh what you know, what's my next move? I don't really yeah. have one. I'm gonna carry on doing what I'm doing. And a rescue dog will always be a special dog
0: yes, so yeah
1: so all of you people thinking about getting a dog out there don't buy rescue
0: yeah exactly rescue the options are here the options are with mm, there's so many with,
1: variables yeah.
0: with with tails as well yep, yeah yep. if what if somebody wants to get in touch right with well Rona? Facebook
1: page Island Home Vet I think it's Island Home Vet service yeah quite happy to give out my whatsapp number but please please remember I am only one person yeah. I will do my best to respond when I can
0: and That you're based on Peng Chow. And
1: I'm based on Peng Chow. Yeah. I do come to Moiwo quite regularly. I do go to DB quite regularly. DB, I'm probably mm, a couple of days a week. Peng Chow, I kind of fit in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm completely working on my own. I'm lucky I've got some great management software that does a lot of the admin for me. Yeah. But I do need quite a bit of office time. But my number is 90122595. Okay. All right. What sort
0: of people would come to you, I mean, I don't know, let's say, let's give my example. I'm, I've got three dogs um, of varying ages, they generally are healthy, have a good life. Mm-hmm. Um, what could you offer me?
1: Right, what I always say to people is I can offer anything that doesn't involve an anaesthetic or requirement for an x-ray or okay. hospitalisation. Um, yeah. I can in certain circumstances if I can find myself an extra pair of hands and the dogs fairly handleable uh, run bloods yeah. because I can send that to a laboratory but okay. again I'm erring uh, caution there certainly can deal with vaccinations including rabies microchipping uh, going to a more okay. emotive subject again at le- you know it, it, it's timing on this but I do do what I call end-of-life consultations
0: Ah, so that's interesting
1: um, okay. You know, and it, yeah. And again, this is a huge area, particularly when it in, involves religious yes. uh, hazards to this. Um, okay. I genuinely have, you know, when I, I go from being that vet that said, oh, I don't know if I could handle doing euthanasia, to now feeling that it is a privilege that I have, that I can mm. a- avoid animals having to suffer yeah. unnecessarily. Needlessly,
0: yeah. yeah. And
1: also, you know, and I take, you know, I try to do a little bit of bereavement counselling both before the event and after it and say to people, mm. you are not being cruel here, you are being yeah. the opposite of cruel. Yeah. Life has become a burden to your animal. Yeah. Actually, I can remember once doing doing a lecture to students and it was actually role play we were doing um, and they were f- faced with having to persuade this lady to have her cat put down. Yeah. And what I did it was actually an actress that I I I stepped in and I, I said to the lady, I said, Have you ever had a very, very wish you could die hangover? Yeah. And there was a oh. wry smile from the whole audience. <laughs> and this lady did say yes.
0: Yeah.
1: I said, Could you imagine if you mm. were gonna feel like that for the rest of your days, every morning you woke up, you were mm, gonna have that pounding good. headache.
0: Yeah.
1: Not wanting to get out of bed. Yeah. And just wishing that you weren't here. Yeah. That's what a dog or a cat renal failure feels like
0: yeah okay it's a very good analogy i think yeah
1: so again it it goes to not only should you be treating humans as you would be treated yourself yeah yeah but also animals animals as
0: well yeah absolutely now is there something you mentioned to me early on as well i think which was quite an interesting thing so yeah somebody's at home they've got a sick dog or a sick cat um often some of the things that you do is you, you they can call call you and you will say send me a photo
1: yes this um, is where social yeah. media and, and whatsapp is a boon yeah you know um, I, I have got on I haven't really sort of pushed it but I, I have as an offering got video consults that I can yeah. do um, I charge 17 dollars $17 for uh, yeah 17 dollars for them if that was yeah. then going to convert into a home visit yeah I then discount 17 off
0: yeah, well, that sounds very, very, uh, you know, very, very but, fair. So, uh, but okay. it, it,
1: it, you know, it, it is something that I could possibly be starting to promote. Yeah. and okay. you know, again, I can't always be guaranteed to be able to do it immediately. But no. It, it, a... you know, there are there are you know, there's a few cases where people will get really panicky because they'll see a tiny little scratch on their dog, and do yeah. I need to take him on the ferry to?
0: Yeah yeah and that 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 a lot of that what they're looking for is yeah is it the right thing and is the wrong mm, thing it's, and that's, it, uh, it, it's just I would pay seventeen dollars compl- <laughs> for yeah, that absolutely yeah,
1: you know but the you know the key things that I always get, uh, fear is that the, the block bladder syndrome is quite yeah. a common one. an animal yeah. is uh, especially males um yeah. cats in particular struggling to pass urine that means a block yeah. bladder which in turn will shoot the kidneys to pieces, and that should be dealt with fairly quickly. quickly. Yeah. The other yeah. one is sudden bloating in dogs, basically torsion of the stomach.
0: Right, okay, some sort of gastric. Uh, yeah,
1: basically issue. the stomach twists, twists in itself, yeah, cells. It, it, it can only, the animal will only be saved if it's taken into a clinic immediately. Yeah, and of course snake bites. Snake yeah. bites is another thing.
0: If ah, you feel okay. that you're,
1: you're, yeah. you're, your dog has been bitten by a snake, yes contact a clinic immediately try if possible to either get a photograph of the snake yeah. or use the snake book yeah yeah I'm promoting all these books really.
0: yes use the uh, snake book use the snake book
1: to try and identify the snake
0: yes yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and because that will help the yeah. clinic say right you need to get it in yeah
0: if it's venomous uh, uh, it will also
1: it, you know it's also limited clinics mm. that hold stock of anti-venom because yeah. it's has very short shelf life and is yeah. also very expensive SPC is always the, probably the safest bet yeah so okay. again some advice for, yeah. for people there yeah
0: okay and then uh, so one other thing that strikes me as well there's a lot of people um, repatriating at the moment to their varying countries and so they've got animals here and they want to ship them out would you be a good person to talk to regarding
1: yes I am doing a lot of that work at the moment yeah um, the scale of simplicity varies from South Africa that is practically impossible at the moment. Right. Um, they are very specific about a blood test that has to be done and the lab that it has to be run at. And I believe, unless uh, somebody can correct me on this, that it is a lab in South uh, in South Africa that is currently closed because of Covid restrictions.
0: Uh, okay. So that
1: blo- blocks the door. The next yep. trickiest are uh, probably Australia and um, New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, you're looking certainly with Australia. It's a minimum of six months. Your dog has had to have had a, a fairly recent rabies injection, probably within the last 18 months. Then has to have a blood test. Right. If it passes that blood test, you still have to wait six months.
0: Right. Okay.
1: The dog. Easiest, Canada. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, there's a good. That's a well-trodden route between Hong Kong and Canada. So, Canada is yeah. fairly
1: simple EU yeah. stroke UK a lot of bureaucracy mm. and paperwork to get okay. through but again possible very difficult to do it unaccompanied you would have to mm. try and either have a friend be, travel with the dog. Yes. Uh, I I won't bore bore you with the details, but it no. comes, uh, all comes down to the logistics of having to do a pre flight check and get it verified by the EFCD. Yeah. But anybody that you know, okay. I'm more than happy to give advice about that. I would. It yeah. it can take a bit of time, so I would have to put some sort of fee on advice that I give.
0: No, no, absolutely. I th- I think yeah, it's really just a, a question. I think for the listeners, can they talk to you about it? I'm sure they would be more than happy to pay. For the advice that you would yeah. give on where they, the other thing go. I
1: utterly stipulate, yeah. is that I will not take legal liability. It's up to owners yeah. to do all the research. Yeah. Either use an agent who will take liability, yeah, or do all the research yourself. Yeah, I will then work with your agent or yourself and say, right, you've got this paperwork. This is what it yeah. says we need to do, but it's up to you to make sure that I, you know yeah. that we've covered everything. Yeah. You know, that, that is a definite stipulation. The okay. other thing, the big issue at the moment is availability of flights.
0: Yeah, of course. Particularly yeah, Australia.
1: Yeah. And linked into that, once the animals get to Australia, they have to go into quarantine Yeah. for 10 days. Right. And linking your flight to the quarantine.
0: Yeah, okay. Is, I, I, yeah. You know,
1: I'm, I'm dealing with an Australian one at the moment that I'm working in uh, both with the owner and the agent. And, oh... It's getting the flights that are the nightmare. Yeah, even getting to Canada, it's flights.
0: Okay, all right. Well, I think that's good. It's good just to know that you can advise in that area. I think, and that you certainly you can advise on current situations with animals. And you have very good links with um, you know ochers and tails mm. and SPCA yeah absolutely um, yeah.
1: yeah and certainly going back to my Facebook page I have mm. done a few bits and pieces about pet relocation yeah including the most gorgeous video of a dog that uh, ended up back in Sweden recently uh, and it was ah, started okay. with the dog here yeah. and the, yeah. the girl that the, the daughter is staying behind Brilliant. and so there was the dog going on the plane yeah, and then yeah. the father meeting the dog in Amsterdam uh, and then the dog landing in Sweden and the, the, the family good. at the airport seeing it and then yeah. oh I had to reach for tissues when she sent me the video and that you know brilliant. they finished with the dog in Sweden, dog had never been off DB, looking at this world that was nothing but grass and space wow. and just got. I can't believe this.
0: <laughs> yeah, Fabulous. yeah. Yeah, so even the animals are getting better holidays than we are these days. <laughs> yeah, you know, certainly Yeah. You know, but repatriation. It, yeah.
1: Repatriation of, yeah. of, of of pets. It, it is very tricky, but yeah. that video shows you that it is worth doable. It yeah, yeah.
0: We here at Vibe have uh, a stack of your business cards yep. and so you can come to Vibe we will put you in touch with Rona. Yep. absolutely. So that's absolutely. Dr. Rona Buchanan.
1: Yeah, I'm, I, I, the one thing I would say is my website is down at the moment, and my I'll also add in my safest uh, email is ronabuchanan at btinternet.com.
0: Okay, so okay. ronabuchanan at btinternet.com. Good old BT. Yeah. Okay, so Fine. that just remains for me to say, Thank you very much, Rainer.
1: It has been an absolute pleasure.
0: You can listen to all our podcasts published at SoundCloud under Gaz or on YouTube under Live at VibeHK or following the links from my website at vibehk.com. Finally, a reminder that Vibe is open seven days a week, every day of the year, from 12 noon until approximately 6.30pm. Well, that's it for another week. Thanks for listening to the 27th Vibe Book and Music Shop podcast called Vibrations. I'm Gary Brightman. You get my vibe?
1: Can you imagine what this old island must have looked like to those Dutch sailors when they first saw it? Fresh green. Like a dream of a new world. They must have held their breath afraid it would disappear before they could touch it.